Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I've been doing these videos for quite some time now, and I'd have to go back and look, and I might do that one of these days, but I think my first videos went up in 2014 or 2015. And so here we are in 2023, uh, and we've come a long way. And I did a story, I did a video back in 2017 about something that happened that rocked the consumer world, and that was the Equifax data breach. Equifax, one of those companies that uh, gives you a credit score, whether you like it or not. And uh, they gather up a lot of information about you, again, whether you like it or not. And they uh, announced that somebody had hacked into their system and gotten all of the data and the files there. Uh, and, of course, that would include like things like your full name, your address, your social security number, and a bunch of other interesting factoids about you with which somebody could steal your identity. Happened back in 2017. So a lawsuit, as you can imagine, was filed. And this is exciting. This is exciting because I get to show you at the end of this video that I'm a winner. Because <laughs> I got a check in the mail yesterday. So I went and pulled some more information about this just to remind us what happened. But uh, in September of 2017, Equifax announced a data breach that exposed the personal information of 147 million people. So the company agreed to a global settlement recently with the Federal Trade Commission, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and 50 states and territories. The settlement includes up to $425 million to help people who were affected by the breach. Affected by it. Uh, the effects were never good. It was almost, I would assume, universally a negative thing. The initial deadline to file a claim in the settlement was January 22 of 2020. So you had to file a claim a couple years ago. Now, here's the good news. There are still ways that you can file a claim here if this affects you, uh, even if it affects you now. And that's the interesting thing. So after that date, you can still file a claim for any expenses you incurred up to January 22nd, 2024, as a result of identity theft or fraud related to the breach. So if you suffered losses from unauthorized charges to your accounts that you think were caused by this breach, you can file a claim. Also, uh, fees you may have paid to professionals like accountants or attorneys to help you recover from identity theft. And other expenses you incurred while recovering from identity theft like notary fees, document shipping fees, postage, mileage, and phone charges. And here's the interesting thing. You can file a claim for the time you spent recovering from identity theft or fraud between January 23rd and 2020 and January 24th of 2024, you can be compensated up to $25 an hour for up to 20 hours. Uh, there are limited funds available, so your claim may be reduced if they get too many claims like that. But this is one of those rare instances where people will be compensated for wasting their own time. Because quite often, with, for instance, a lemon law claim, someone buys a defective car, it's in the shop all the time, and they go, Steve, I would like to get paid for the time I sat in the waiting room or, or all the time I had to get you know bum rides off of people. And I tell people that most lemon law uh, statutes don't allow for the recovery of that. So when they actually say, yes, if you were troubled by this in such a way that you can document it, then you can get compensated for it. So um, there are things out there you can do about getting help, for instance, if this has affected you. Uh, likewise, as always, all U.S. consumers can now get seven free Equifax credit reports per year through 2026 by visiting 
annualcreditreport.com, where you can also get reports from the other companies uh, once a year for free as required by law. And this is a, one of those industries, I understand on some level why they have to exist, uh, but when people discover the information that's being held about them and how often it's mistaken, it's shocking. And so I know attorneys who specialize in this the way I specialize in lemon law. Some of the stories I hear are crazy. But one of the most common things is that most people don't pull their own credit reports. Or if they do, they only do it when they're just doing something big like you know buying a house or going to go buy a car. They think, oh, I should check my credit report. And they pull it and they discover that it's got mistakes in it. Mistakes. And mistakes are extremely common. A very, very high percentage of credit reports contain mistakes. And so I was talking to one of my friends about this. And he said, Steve, when was the last time you pulled your own credit report? This is a few years ago. And I said, I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure, you know. And he goes, well, pull it and see. <laughs> I discovered erroneous information on my credit report that was so bad it was a joke. It was probably cost me 100 points on my credit score. And I, I'm like, what? And the funny part is that... It was something that had never been true. It was it was an impossibility with me. It, it, it couldn't have been true. And so there's a process whereby you can send a letter demanding that they fix your credit report. Or if they don't want to fix it, they got to prove to you that they can verify what's on your credit report. So I did that. It got fixed. And my credit score went, woo, almost immediately. So it's a whole strange world out there. So imagine my surprise when I went to my P.O. box yesterday in Atlas, Michigan, and opened up an envelope that contained a lengthy letter, which you may notice the bottom half of that letter is, in fact, the back side of a check. Because that right there, my friends, is the front side of the check. So here we go. Stephen Leto. And I do sometimes actually have to use Stephen with an N. I, I, I don't like to. Um, but my my official legal name does contain the N, and it's spelled with a V. So, Stephen Leto, you filed a claim in the Equifax data breach settlement between January 23rd, 2019 and January 22nd, 2020. And I did. I did. And at that time, they simply said, um, if, if you think you're part of the breach, you can simply file a claim. You'll get something. Because I didn't, as far as I know, have any other problems that arose from this. It says, we've processed your claim and determined that you are eligible for a settlement payment. The enclosed payment was calculated per the court-approved settlement agreement. So this has been calculated and court-approved. Additional details regarding the settlement are available on the settlement website at EquifaxBreachSettlement.com. That's a catchy URL. <laughs> if you have any questions about this check or need to have it reissued, please contact uh, the people who are behind this, all check reissue requests must be received in writing. Uh, not quite sure why I'd need them to reissue the check. And I guess, I suppose they made it out the wrong person or something. The settlement administrator cannot provide tax advice. Darn. Well, good thing I have an accountant who will help me with this check. We'll get there in a second. You may, you may want to consult your financial or tax advisor with regards to tax treatment of the settlement payment if you have tax-related questions. This check must be deposited promptly. It is no longer valid if not deposited within 90 days after the check issue date. So the check issue date in my case is January 19th. From that date, it's good for 90 days. And uh, how much did I get? I got $5.21. $5.21. Right there you go. Let's see if you can see that. $5.21. <laughs> um, 
You know, it's, I'll tell you, as a matter of principle, when I get these little checks from class actions, and I've gotten, I believe, for like eight cents before, um, I cash them as a matter of principle. Because the money that doesn't get taken up by all the uncashed checks out there goes into a pool and gets divided up. And quite often, it just becomes a windfall for somebody. And one of the little things about class actions is how it is that people in the pool get $0.08 cents or $5.21 to the point where people go, that's eh, not even worth it. And then, of course, that pool is sitting there. And they go, well, this money didn't get used. Let's, now let's redivide the, the, the proceeds. And that's always bothered me. As a matter of principle. And by the way, and I get asked this from time to time, I have, in fact, handled class actions. I have. I've handled it uh, two or three. And I can tell you that, that the class action, that uh, if you were to actually do some really, really good deep Google searching on the Internet, you'd probably find. But I represented uh, somebody in a class action against a major company that was where you could buy water heaters. And if you went to the store and bought a water heater from them, then uh, they would charge you to, for the installation, for the water heater, and to pull the permit so the plumbing permit could get pulled. And um, the companies didn't do it. The company didn't do it themselves. The company subcontracted the work, and they would send the money to the subcontractor, minus their slice, of course, uh, and also send them the water heater and the money for the permit. And there were a couple installers in southeastern Michigan who would just simply pocket the permit money because... A lot of times you can install a water heater in somebody's basement and the municipality never finds out. And so they would just pocket the money, never pull the permit. And when we found that out, I filed a class action and it kind of hit the news somehow. And um, after getting tons of people who wanted to get involved in this, uh, you know, after the lawsuit had been filed, uh, it settled very quickly. And the agreement that we struck was that these people whose Money had been used ostensibly to guarantee that a plumbing permit got pulled, would get a plumbing permit pulled. And it became a nightmare for the company and the subcontractors, some of whom I think lost that lucrative contract. Uh, because when you pull a permit after the fact, you often have to pay double. Uh, and so you might say, Steve, shouldn't you have gotten those people their money back? And the problem is that the law says that if you have this work done by somebody and they come in and do it, they're supposed to pull a permit. You paid for the permit, you should get the permit. So that's how that one settled. But so every single person in that class that we could identify got what they paid for. I personally have never done one of these class actions where every single person gets three cents and I get a billion dollars in a ham sandwich. It's always been that we do the class action and these people get what they're entitled to and we got our fees. And no, our fees were not in the million dollar range. Nowhere near that. So, but the good news is I got my $5.21. Sadly, sadly, it's the weekend. I got to wait till Monday to go deposit that. <laughs> but you might want to take a look at that if you've had problems with identity theft or anything involving your credit since the Equifax catastrophe is what we call it. Questions or comments, put them below. Those will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. Sometimes we lose the key to happiness, not realizing that the door is always unlocked.